This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. Hello, America. Wow. Nothing to talk about today, right? Team Clinton spared once again. Nothing to see here, gang. The Clintons and Hillary clearly above the law, but we knew that already. I may have a different take than what you've heard elsewhere. I think the political pundits and the media have this story all wrong. We're talking about the wrong things here. Also, reflections of Independence Week, how my feelings of 4th of July have dramatically changed over the years. And what's next? Where do we go from here? What's the future of America? And, and how do we navigate these waters? Many liberals now are moving towards a third party due to their distrust and dislike of Hillary Clinton, and we have the stats to prove that out. But those same liberals are being told, you can't let Trump win. You can't vote for a third party. Same on the right. You've got to vote for Donald Trump or you let Hillary win. How do we solve this? What do we do? An answer begins right now. I will make a stand. I will raise my voice. I will hold your hand. Cause we have one. I will beat my drum. I have made my choice. We will overcome. Cause we are one. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Yesterday at this time, I was driving my tractor and I was cutting the alfalfa. And there's nothing like, it's like fly fishing if you've ever done that or painting if you've ever done that. Cutting a a field of hay, there's nothing quite like it. Because it really doesn't take a lot of brain power, but it takes an awful lot of attention. And so you're not really, you're thinking constantly, but you're thinking, is the line straight? At least I am. Oh, good God, here I'm coming up to a corner again. And it gives you a time to be quiet and distill. I spent my vacation up on our ranch, our farm, and I, uh, I painted. I didn't pay attention to the news at all. I've never done this on vacation. I didn't write any or answer any emails. I didn't look at the news. That's so rare for me. I just wanted things to be quiet and to distill. And yesterday, while I was cutting the alfalfa a farmer friend of mine came walking out in the field and I had been looking forward to talking to him 
Because I believe, as Thomas Jefferson uh, used to say, I trust a man whose hands are in the soil and in the earth. There's something that roots them. He climbed up into the tractor and closed the door, and I pushed the throttle up and released the clutch and said, I'm a little lost. He said, you're not alone, Glenn. He said, I've talked to four people just recently. He said, we kind of had a meeting of the minds, and one of these guys is a former bigwig at the CIA. Another one is a federal judge, and another one is just a spiritual giant. But they're all friends. And they all grew up on farms. They all still know what's real. He said, we got together, we spent the day together, and we just talked. And we all agree that the nation is in trouble. We all agree that Hillary Clinton is just a nightmare. I said, who are you guys going to vote for? Let me take you back a week before when I was in Los Angeles. I spoke to a man while I was there who's a big Democrat, been a big Democrat. Well, everybody I spoke to out in Los Angeles was a big Democrat and voted Democrat their whole life. One in particular struck me because he was incredibly honest. He looked me straight in the eye. He said, the Clintons are the most corrupt people I have ever seen. They are corrupt to the core their foundation is crooked their their only desire is to enrich themselves and to grow global power for them and their family it took my breath away but then they followed it with but trump i laughed because I've heard exactly that same conversation, except in reverse. I'm in the tractor. My friend tells me of his mini council of four friends. And he went into it confident that his smart ethical brain trust would come together and develop a plan. Instead, they argued with each other, passionately, but still with respect. Two were on the Never Trump bandwagon, and two were just on the Never Hillary. None of them liked Trump. All of them really despised Hillary. Agreed that she would be an absolute disaster. And mainly, everything was based on the courts. He left the tractor. Rafi climbed in. He sat on my lap and he steered. He watched the front tire. I watched the back. 
I settled on two things. FDR said this back in the 1940s. Ronald Reagan said it. John F. Kennedy said it. Clinton said the same thing. There's going to come a time. And they even put a date on it. They said it was around 2016. And they were talking about Social Security, but they said, there's going to come a time if we don't pay attention to these things right now, we will have no good options left. Every option we have will be bad. It's what I've been saying, that we're passing all the exits, and there's a bridge out, and there's no place to go. There's no more exits. Do you stop and climb down off the bridge? And possibly fall to your death? Or do you just gun it and just go off the bridge? There will come a time where all of the choices we have to make will be bad and each choice will be unacceptable. Clinton, unacceptable. Trump, to me, unacceptable. Third party, to me, unacceptable. Because of the consequences of each action. We were taught when I was a kid, we don't talk about religion and we don't talk about politics. Boy, was that a mistake. Only because I think they were turned upside down. We were taught that talking politics will make us enemies. And recently it has, but for a long time, it just was a way to get us to all shut up. When we had common principles, where we could have solved some arguments, because we had common principles, we didn't talk. And we lost the common principles. And now when we argue... We don't have those common principles to bring us back together so we never come back. This may be the one time we should heed this advice. Don't talk politics. At least to clarify, talk politics, push each other, really understand the other side, empathize with the other side, doesn't, isn't happy with their decision either. Everybody has a gun to their head, and everybody doesn't like the choice that they're making, with few exception. But then respect each other. Only a few people feel good about their choice or this decision. And mainly, this time, almost everybody is, vo is voting against someone or multiple someones. That's never good. But the bridge is out. What are we voting for? Can we stay bound by facts and reason? And yet say, okay, there is no right answer. People I really respect, I really respect, I disagree with, and they disagree with me. But this election, I think, 
I can't tell you I see the answer. And I don't think you can really tell me, if you're humble enough, that you really see the answer either. Everybody is saying, yes, but we can hope that he or she will do this. Yes, but I think, well, that's different than knowing from record. And what we do know about record of both of them is abysmal. Yes, I can hope that he's going to do X, Y, and Z. But I also fear that he may do W and M and P. And the same with Hillary. So nobody can come to me and say, look, Glenn, here are the facts, not what they're saying. Why do we accept that one side is telling us a lie on everything and, the, uh, and our side is completely honest? They're politicians. No, they're not. He's not a politician. Okay, he's a corrupt businessman. We have to recognize at this point, nobody really knows what the right thing to do is. But because of that, we're no longer in charge. I don't believe that the Lord will save us because a good parent never saves his children from the consequence that they knew was coming, but they refused to listen. They just said, I'll do it my way. It doesn't matter. I want this. He's not going to save us from consequences because that's a bad helicopter parent. And the one thing he isn't is a helicopter parent. We made this mess. This is of our own choosing. FDR began to warn us in the present day. But George Washington said it in his farewell address. He laid this decision out in front of us and said, if you don't listen to me now, you're going to face this decision. We have to pay by faithfully, humbly, and without guile, the consequence. Knowing that man is not just. Especially right now. Where is the justice? There is no justice. Man is not just, but God certainly is. So don't look to me or anybody else for an answer. Because I, for one, can't give you one. I was quiet for a week because I was begging for an answer. Help me make sense of this. Give me something to say to people. Here it is. I got nothing of value to say. You have to find it with inside of yourself. You have to find out what is right based on eternal principles and eternal ethics that we all claim to uphold. Then choose your own course and pursue it with malice toward none. Because I believe we all are 
truly trying to do the right thing. Now this, think about the safety of your family, your home. When you leave, how safe is how safe is everything? Does your wife have the security system on? What about when you're sleeping? Who is watching over your family? The biggest question of all, how much are you paying for your home security? The safety of your family, they will use this. It's priceless, and it is. But 40 or $50 every single month, for how long? How long are you paying for that free service? Because here's the thing. They're saying that they're going to give this security system to you for free, and it costs, oh, crazy amounts of money. No, not really. No, no, especially if you do it the right way. You do it the new way, the high-tech way, simply safe way. It's really inexpensive. And that's why there are no contracts. You come in, you get the security system yourself. You help design it. Um, There's no wiring or anything else, so it is really inexpensive. You pay for that one time, and then no contracts. You want security while you're on vacation? Good. You can use security. You can use it just as an alarm if a window opens up and it will alert you in the house. Or if you want to pay the $14.99 a month, you can have it alert the police or the fire or anybody else. It's simply safe. It's the right way to protect your family. $15 a month, not 50 every day of the week. For the protection that we trust, simplysafebeck.com. Go there right now and get an exclusive 10% discount uh, at simplysafebeck.com. That's simplysafebeck.com. At our most basic level, we are all afraid of something. Progressives exploit these fears by offering us solutions based on lies and a hunger for power and control. Get the truth with liars. A new book by Glenn Beck, available August 2nd. Pre-order now at glennbeck.com slash liars. Glenn Back. Mercury. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So I spent a lot of time outside um, over the last week. And I, um, if you're watching, you might notice that half of my face is one color and the other half is another color because, well, I was painting and... Um, and the sun rises on one side, and then I kept moving the easel so I could follow the sun. And it doesn't work real well if you're getting sunburned or suntanned. So anyway, but I'm listening to music and I'm painting. I read the lyrics of a song called The Living Years by Mike and the Mechanics. See if this makes any sense. It's, it's a song about father and son, but I just want to read these lyrics and leave the father part out. And see if they ring true at all. Every generation blames the ones before. And 
and all of their frustrations come beating on your door. Crumpled bits of paper filled with imperfect thought. Stilted conversations. I'm afraid that's all we've got. You say you just don't see it. He says it's perfect sense. You just can't get agreement in this present tense. We all talk a different language. Talking in defense. Say it loud. Say it clear. You can listen as well as hear. It's too late when we all die to admit we don't see eye to eye. So, we open up a quarrel between the present and the past. And we only sacrifice the future because it's the bitterness that lasts. So don't yield to the fortunes you sometimes see as fate. It may have a new perspective on a different date. And if you don't give up, and if you don't give in, you may just be okay. So say it loud and say it clear. You can listen as well as you hear. It's too late when we die to admit we just don't see eye to eye. Back in a minute. Hillary Clinton's Americas. There's two America. There's two Americas under Hillary Clinton. I'll explain in a way that I don't think anybody has yet. I think the media uh, and especially the political operatives and pundits are are missing the point on what has happened with Hillary Clinton uh, and um, and the director of the FBI, Comby. That was one of the most incredible speeches I have ever heard. And we'll go over it uh, coming up in just a second. One of the things that this story does, especially if you listen to what Comby said at the very end, he talked about all of the things that um, that Hillary Clinton had done. In fact, can, can we just play? The, I know we have from uh, Reason, uh, we have a clip of him proving Hillary Clinton is a liar yesterday. You need to listen to this. Members with whom she corresponded on email, to those involved in the email production to state, and finally Secretary Clinton herself. Last, we have done extensive okay, work. The, hang on, this to is try to understand. This is not it. There was a there was another clip, Sarah. I'm sorry, Pat is gone today, so um, the audio vault is up in New York. So there's a clip of from Reason, and it has him and then Hillary Clinton back and forth. Did you get that copy? I did not Here email any. Um, classified material to anyone. There is no classified material. 110 emails in 52 email chains have been determined by the owning agency to contain classified information at the time they were sent or received. I provided all my emails that could possibly be work-related. Several thousand work-related emails that were not among 
the group of 30,000 emails returned by Secretary Clinton. I thought using one device would be simpler. She also used numerous mobile devices to send and to read email. There were no security breaches. It is possible that hostile actors gained access to Secretary Clinton's personal email account. It was my practice to communicate with State Department and other government officials on their .gov accounts. Hostile actors gained access to the private commercial email accounts of people with whom Secretary Clinton was in regular contact from her personal account. Um, No doubt that we've done exactly what we should have done. They were extremely careless in their handling of very sensitive, highly classified information. People will be able to judge for themselves. We cannot find a case that would support bringing criminal charges on these facts. Listen Thank to this. you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Listen. To be clear, this is not to suggest that in similar circumstances, a person who engaged in this activity would face no consequences. Americans will find that, uh, you know, interesting, and I look forward to having a discussion uh, about I, that. I doubt you do uh, actually look forward to having a discussion about that. But this is what this means to you. Give up. Give up. That's basically what that whole message is. You'll be prosecuted. She's not going to be, but she's Hillary Clinton. You're you. You can't fight this machine. Give up. The bridge is out. We're not going back. You can't turn back. Go over the cliff. There's no exit here. I mean, how do you really feel when you hear that? Think of just a few of the things that at least I'm feeling. Hillary Clinton has been deemed by the FBI guilty. What he said was she's lying and these things happened. And if they happen to you, you'll pay a consequence. But we're not going to we can't find a reason to prosecute her. That doesn't even make sense. That doesn't even make sense. So that makes you feel like, well, there is no rule of law anymore. And maybe you should just start playing the game. Maybe you should give up on your stupid principles. As, as somebody in my own company said right before they were fired, nobody gives an F about your stupid principles. Maybe they were right. Maybe they were right. I've been struggling with that. Maybe that's true. But I do. I care. I care. Did the Tea Party work? Has anybody else felt like all of that work that we did? For what? All of that time we spent together, all of that, all of the times that we spent marching across the country, did it work? In, at, at night, in my moments of darkness, I think none of it mattered. None of it mattered. I don't believe any of it can change. Jimmy Kimmel, we used to find Jimmy Kimmel funny. When you go out on the street, more on trivia. Started that 25 years ago. We first started. You know why that was funny and why it's not now? The reason why that was funny is because that was, at least we believed, the exception, not the rule. 
Now we listen to that and we think, oh my gosh. They're all like that. I'm surrounded by morons. I'm surrounded by people who don't know anything. And what's worse, they don't care. They don't care. They don't know what country that we broke away from. I actually asked some people on 4th of July, hey, do you know what country? Thank God they all knew. Yeah, England, dummy. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just, thank you. You're not in charge. You're powerless. That's what all of these things are saying. You are powerless. May I flip that around? The first step in the 12 steps of AA is to admit you're powerless. They think that taking and telling us that we're powerless, that makes us weak. I'm telling you, it makes you strong. To understand that you are truly powerless and that there's only a higher force that can change things, you can only change yourself, that's a great thing. That is the greatest. That that changed my life. That's why I'm here today. That's why I'm alive. Because I admitted I'm powerless. And for the last few years, I've been saying we're powerless. There's nothing we can do. Yes, dummy, you are powerless. Congratulations for finally figuring it out, Glenn. Because I've thought to myself, and I know you have too, my gosh, we've wasted all of this time and nothing changed. It's worse than we thought. And people will say, yeah, but you don't know how much you changed and the seeds that you planted and, and, you know, think how much worse it could have been. Oh, shut up. But you know what I figured out? I'm a better man. I know if 15 years ago, somebody would have said, nobody cares about your effing principles. I might have folded. I might have. Definitely would have 20 years ago. But because I went through liberating strife, I know who I am. And in the last 10 years, I even know who I am even more. More important than that, I saw my family over the last couple of weeks. I saw my children. I saw my children start to grow up. I saw my... I saw my son as becoming a man, a good, kind-hearted man. I grew so much closer to my daughter. Last night, I had a conversation with my other daughter. She's brilliant and kind and good, brave, beyond her understanding, brave. Politicians will ask you, are you better off than you were eight years before? (laughs) Nobody's going to ask that question. Well, maybe Donald Trump will, but nobody on the left is going to ask that question. 
Because the answer is uh, no. I'm not better off than I was eight years or 12 years or 16 years or 20 years. 20 years ago, I wasn't. No, I, I, I was I was better off then. When you look at when you look at where we've gone, where you look at where the wages have gone in this country, most people will say, no, I haven't had a good for about 20 years. It hasn't gotten better for me for about 20 years. But let me ask you this question. Are you better off with your family and your children and your relationships? The relationship of the family. Are you better off than you were eight years ago? Because at least for me, the answer is yes. Because this has forced me to have a different perspective. I've tried to plant things into my children. I have worked hard on planting those things in my children, realizing that osmosis wasn't enough. They're not going to get it just by standing and basking in the, in the sunlight of Glenn, basking in the sunlight of their mother, basking in the sunlight of America, because that doesn't work. We've been doing that for a while. That doesn't work. Hate is strong, but love is stronger. And love is growing. There's a lot to talk about that. Maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow. But the love of our families. Gosh, I hope I'm not alone. I don't think I am. And here's why this does matter politically. They will never admit this now, but if you know anything about the early 20th century American progressives, which is exactly as Hillary Clinton describes herself, I prefer to be called an early American 20th century progressive. Okay. Their stated goal was to control and break up the family. Their goals were to usurp the family, not just the Constitution. Their real goal was to become the mom and dad, Woodrow Wilson. The goal of a university is to make a child or a man most unlike his father as possible. And that's what's happening in our universities. That's what's happening in our media. That's what's happening in all of society. But if you keep your family strong, they cannot beat you. And it all comes down to this. You feel like you don't, you're not in charge. I got news for you. You're not. I was talking to my farmer friend. And we were talking about the land that I bought. And this land had not really produced good farm, uh, you know, any, any good hay on it for a while. And all of a sudden, it's starting to produce all kinds of really good hay and alfalfa up, up on the benches and everything. And I looked at him and I said, that's a sign of a good farmer. Him, not me, him. And he looked at me and he said, well, I know I didn't do it. And he was sincere. 
He knew he's powerless. He can only do what he can do. That's all we have to do. Do what we know to be right. Stop playing any kind of calculation game in your life. Just do what you can do. And that's it. And be happy with that. And know, yeah, darn right, I don't have the power to change a darn thing. I can't change a person in my own house. I can only change me, and that will affect everything else. Because they want you to be discouraged. They want you to believe you're powerless. Well, that's the first step to recovery. Yeah, I am powerless. God's in control, not those people in Washington. It's in the middle of the night. You wake up drenched, covered in sweat. You can crank up the AC all night, try to keep cool. But A, who can afford that? And B, uh, it doesn't really work because you're only hot on the side that you're actually touching your mattress. Do what I did and get rid of that heat-trapping mattress and upgrade to a Casper. Now, if you have a foam mattress, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You'll sleep as cool uh, as the other side of the pillow every single night. Casper has invented two high-tech foams that will guarantee sleep cool and comfortable with all the support that you need. Time Magazine said Casper Mattress is one of the best inventions of 2015. Their new sheets, their new pillows are exactly the same, really comfortable, and together they're designed to create the perfect sleep environment where you will stay cool and balanced all night. Casper beats everybody else, not only because their technology is so much better and brand new, um, but they also cut out the middleman, so you save a buttload of money. You can try it in your home for 100 nights risk-free, and if you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund everything. Discover why we love our Casper mattress. Try it with uh, free shipping and returns for 100 nights. Use the promo code BECK at Casper.com. Casper.com, promo code BECK. Terms and conditions do apply. Casper.com. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. is the Glenn Beck program. Hey, real quick, I just want to tell you a personal note. Um, I read a book with my family over the weekend. You're going to have to edit some of the language out of it, Um, but it's called Ready Player One. I know it's been out for a couple of years, um, but I have not seen my kids get up in the morning and say, when are we reading again? It's a fantastic book, Ready Player One. This is the Glenn Beck program. Mercury. America, welcome to the Glenn Beck program. I, uh, I've got a lot to say about Hillary Clinton. I have a lot to say about uh, FBI Director Comey. 
uh, and the rule of law. I want to start. I think what I have to say is different than what everybody else is saying. In fact, I think the the political pundits and the media are missing the point on this. And I want to start there right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I have two points on the Hillary Clinton email scandal uh, that I want to make in this hour. And um, I ask you to take some time and and really follow along and and listen to what I have to say, because I don't think that this is uh, what, what everybody else has to say. The first is... We know we are losing our liberty. Now, how do we know we're losing our liberty? People say that all the time. Oh, you people are freaking out because you think you're losing the liberties. Tell me what liberty. I'll, I'll tell you. Hillary Clinton, how are you losing your liberty? My son is the first out of all my four children that I had to spank. When I first spanked him, he was probably... Five, maybe four, uh, never had spanked any of my children before. But I was out of options with this kid. I, I mean, I tried everything. Nothing worked. So I said to Tanya, I'm going to have to spank him. And it tore me up. For the first time, I really understood what my father used to say. This hurts me more than it hurts you. No. No, it doesn't, Dad. Yeah, it does. It really does. Tore me up. And I like practiced on my own leg to see how hard I was going to hit and everything. I didn't, I, you know, I don't want to hit him hard enough to where he feels it, but I don't want to hit him too hard. Ow, does that hurt? Yeah, that kind of hurts. Okay, maybe he's a little smaller, so a little. I mean, I really, I worked at this. And I gave him, I think, five swats. And I'm dying inside with every time my hand comes down on his seat. And he stands up and I'm about to embrace him to let him know that I love him. And he stands up and he looks at me and he looks me right in the eye and says, is that all you got? Oh my gosh. (laughs) I had to walk out of the room because I was about to beat him with an inch of his life. He's tough. And as I have said to my wife, we have to we have to figure out how to how to break him like a bronco without breaking his spirit how do we how do we tame him and not break him he's had a problem with games and internet and everything else believe me this gets back to hillary clinton here in a minute He has a problem with games. He loves Minecraft and everything else. And for a while, we've talked about this before on the air. You know, he was, he was just, he was addicted to it and had to get off. We had to get him off the computer and we'd punish him and 
you know, okay, no computer for two weeks, blah, blah, blah. And that didn't work. And it got to a point to where he begged me, dad, help me, help me. And I said to him, son, I will, but you have to promise that you'll come to me when you have these urges and you're frustrated, you come to me and I'll help you through it. So we made a little pack and it lasted about four weeks and then I had to punish him again and uh, this time I let him have it. I, I No internet, nothing, no TV, nothing for six months. And my wife was not as firm on this as I was. And I kept looking at her like, mm, don't you, mm-mm. I support you. Don't you dare, don't you dare usurp me. And so we held it for six months. About four months into it, he's like, okay, I get the point. No, no, you don't. No, you don't. You broke the rules. You knew in advance what would happen, and you broke the rules. And so I have to do this. What you don't understand is, do you think I have a problem with you on the Internet? Yes. I said, no, I don't. Do you think I have a problem with you playing games? Yes. No, I don't. Well, then why are you punishing me? Because you have a problem online. You have a problem with the internet. But if you learn how to control it and how to control your use of it and it doesn't rule over you, there's unlimited liberty. Because I'm not going to ask you, Rafe. I'm not going to. I know that when it comes time for dinner, when it comes time for homework, you're just going to have the self-control to turn it off and do what you need to do. So you won't have to ask me for it. You'll do the right thing. And then because you're doing the right thing, you'll get to use the Internet and play games all you want. As long as you understand the balance. There is liberty in the law. Well, I think that penetrated. Because he hasn't had a problem with it since. He does the right thing. Got to take out the garbage. He stops and takes out the garbage and then goes back and plays his game or whatever he does. We're losing our liberty. How are you losing your liberty? Because we are losing our law. There is liberty in laws. If you don't have liberty, if, if A, you don't have self-control, there is no liberty. If you don't have laws, there are no there is no liberty. Because the laws change all the time. And so how do you know what the rules are? How do you you always have to ask permission or you always have to look over your shoulder because somebody this is why it, this is why alcoholic families aren't good. Because you never have a stable moment in the family where you know you can trust something. This is why fascism, communism, dictatorships, theocracies, they don't spawn a lot of economic health because you can't depend on the law. You're depending on someone saying, you know what God told me last night that you need to be punished. Well, wait a minute, weren't you doing that yesterday? Yes, but God spoke to me. 
So there is no liberty. Because they can change it to whatever they want. I want you to listen to what Comey said yesterday. This is the FBI director. Listen to this. Do we have it, Sarah? with whom she corresponded on email to those involved in the email production to state and finally Secretary Clinton herself. Last, we have done extensive work to try to understand what indications there might be of compromise by hostile actors in connection with that personal email system. So that's what we've done. Now let me tell you what we found. Although we did not find clear evidence that Secretary Clinton or her colleagues intended to violate laws governing the handling of classified information, there is evidence that they were extremely careless in their handling of very sensitive, highly classified information. For example, seven email chains concerned matters that were classified at the top secret special access program at the time they were sent and received. Those chains involved Secretary Clinton both sending emails about those matters and receiving emails about those same matters. There is evidence to support a conclusion that any reasonable person in Secretary Clinton's position or in the position of those with whom she was corresponding about those matters should have known that an unclassified system was no place for that conversation. In addition to this highly sensitive information, we also found information that was properly classified as secret by the U.S. intelligence community at the time it was discussed on email. That is excluding any later up-classified emails. None of these emails should have been on any kind of unclassified system, but their presence is especially concerning because all of these emails were housed on unclassified personal servers, not even supported by full-time security staff, like those found at agencies and departments of the United States government, or even with a commercial email service like Gmail. I think it's also important to say something about the marking of classified information. Only a very small number of the emails here containing classified information bore markings that indicated the presence of classified information. But even if information is not marked classified in an email, participants who know or should know that the subject matter is classified are still obligated to protect it. And while not the focus of our investigation, we also developed evidence that the security culture of the State Department in general and with respect to the use of unclassified systems in particular was generally lacking in the kind of care for classified information that's found elsewhere in the U.S. government. He goes on and on and on and on and on and on. Does intent matter? When you are in that role, does your intent to violate the top secret coding, does that matter? Because he said we couldn't find the intent to commit criminal activity. Oh, well, I'm glad I know that because I never intend on breaking the speed limit. Most of the times I just I didn't even look down, officer. I I didn't even know my intent was not to break the speed limit. I. Wow, I'm glad we have this from the FBI, that intent makes all the difference. He goes on to say that they are not going to press charges, but if anyone else would do this, he wants to send the clear message that that doesn't mean that you won't be prosecuted. 
where's your liberty come from? Because we know that Petraeus did not, not even, it's, it's insulting to say a fraction of this. It's insulting to say he did a fraction of this and look what happened to him. Was he just a political enemy? The liberty that you are losing is the liberty that comes from a set of laws. Free speech. Well, I don't know. Free speech. There are free speech zones. You can say those things, but well, I don't know about that particular one. Well, no, you can say that, but you can't. Where's the liberty? Well, when it comes to religion, sure, you could practice your religion. I mean, unless you're a pharmacist, then, I mean, I know that CVS is right down the street and they can fulfill that. But And there's also another, there's another uh, a pharmacist there that can also write that prescription or fill that prescription. But, but you don't want to do it because of your religion? I'm sorry, you can't practice. Where's the liberty there? We're losing our laws. And our laws are what stop us from sliding into dictatorships. It's not that I have a problem with, with Donald Trump. If I thought, and same with Hillary Clinton, I disagree with both of them. But I'm, that's not what makes me afraid of them. And I don't think that's what makes you afraid of a politician. What makes me afraid of a politician is the lack of law to where they think they can do anything that they want. And that's not the conversation we're having in America. We're having a conversation now on, well, she's guilty. She did it. No, she didn't. Yes, she did. No, she didn't. The FBI is corrupt. No, they're not. Yes, they are. What about that secret coincidental meeting in the airport that was set up no it wasn't why don't we have a bigger conversation the only reason why we're having this conversation about which candidate is better than the other one because there's no clear the people on the left do not like hillary clinton because they know she's corrupt there are many people on the right that do not like Donald Trump because they fear he will go in and do whatever the hell he wants. The reason why we're having these, these debates and the reason why we're so divided right now is because both sides believe the other side will lead to dictatorship. And some of us believe either side could lead us to dictatorship. Where there is no law, there is no liberty. When you obey the simple laws, I'm not talking about a government that has added 80,000 pages of new laws. I'm not talking about those. That's entrapment. I'm talking about the simple ones. Hey, it's Mark Classified. You're the Secretary of State. Classified. It's really simple. You let that out, you go to jail. Hey, here's a really simple one. You lie, you go to jail. You perjure yourself, you go to jail. 
you lie, just a simple lie to us, we don't elect you because you're a liar. There are consequences. And when there are no consequences, when there are no laws, the people lose their liberty. And that's what this is about. Part one. Part two. In a minute. You know you can have, you know there is liberty with your guns when you know they are safe. When you know that what the parameters are and they're not just lying in the couch and you have to walk in and say, just one of your kids, hey, who left the gun on the couch? You know. There is liberty. This, well, this is why I love this sponsor because they are the most aptly named product we ever advertise for. Liberty safe. Without safety, there is no liberty. If you had to worry about your personal belongings and your personal records and, and all the stuff that you hold valuable and your guns, if you had to worry that they were insecure or unsecure, you wouldn't have the liberty to go and do whatever you wanted to do. You'd be so worried about everything that was at your house. Liberty keeps them safe and safe, a safe built by liberty leads to your liberty. Liberty Safe. With 400 de- 450 dealers nationwide, you'll get the best in quality service and delivery. The number one website for gun safes and handgun vaults is LibertySafe.com. They are made here in America with a lifetime warranty. Do what I do what I did. You want to you want to feel comfortable and secure, safe, and then have the liberty to go do whatever it is you want to do. LibertySafe.com, the best built safe, uh, the best built safes on the planet, bar none, is Liberty Safe. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Talking about Hillary Clinton, I want to take you to another story, and I'll explain after the break, but I want to take you to another story. My daughter came to me last night, and she said to me, Dad, I read a quote the other day, and I'm not sure I understand it, that it is better to be trusted than loved. She said, I don't agree with that. And I said, well, I I do. She said, I know that's why I asked you, because I thought you would have perspective on it. And I said, can you be loved by someone who doesn't trust you? And why don't people tell each other the truth? Why don't people tell the truth to people that they say they love? The possible answers are the truth will hurt their loved ones too much. And that's fairly reasonable. You don't tell people the truth that 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 doesn't gain anything, doesn't help them grow. Doesn't. It's just like, hey, I got a confession to make. Yeah, I was the one that. You don't need to tell them the truth necessarily if no good comes of it. But then there are other reasons people don't tell the truth that speak more about them, and it has everything to do 
with being loved and those you love. Hillary Clinton, a different kind of perspective, one I think you need to hear next. There are several reasons why politicians don't tell us the truth, um, because the truth is too hard to say and they just don't have the courage. Um, or the truth needs to be said, but it, it, it will hurt my relationship or my, my standing. This is the same with, with politicians and with us. We, we, I don't want to tell them the truth. It's just hard. I don't, I don't want to have that conversation with them. If I tell them that, I mean, it could go wrong. I mean, they're not ready to hear the truth. They're going to respond in a really bad way, and it'll just make things worse, right? Think about what all those they say about you if you've used them, and I have, in relationships. And it's easier to look at when you look at a presidential candidate because it's the difference between a constitutional president as opposed to a progressive president. One of those is just like me, you, someone who's doing his job every day and then finds himself in a place where he sees an injustice and he believes that he can actually go and make a difference by enforcing or um, enhancing or, or, or making stronger those constitutional um, ideals, those constitutionally based laws of equal justice and that all men have rights. And he believes he can make sure that somehow or another they are all applied the same across the board. If you look at the if you look at the Bill of Rights and all of the amendments, most of the amendments are just strengthening the first 10. They're just, hey, dummies, uh, that meant black people, too. Uh, Hey, dummies, that meant white. uh, I mean, that meant women as well. Hey, dummies, we know we said this before, but that means they can vote. Oh, hey, we need to tell you this. No poll tax. We told you that. It was implied in the first 10. That's really all the amendments are. Just clarifying those first 10 real, true rights. Now, that's what, that's what a constitutionally based president candidate does. He doesn't, he doesn't want to rule over anybody. He wants to... Free people up by enforcing the constitutionally based rules. The other, the progressive politician, sees people as stupid or reckless or at very worst pawns. They're so stupid. They're not going to know. We're going to clean their clock. In the best case, the progressive goes to serve because the injustice they see, people being used by the wealthy and powerful. But they believe the way to solve that is that they must become wealthy and powerful. 
And that leads to the exposure of the truth that power corrupts, except they'd ever see it. Because they themselves become corrupt. If I believe Hillary Clinton at one point believed in something noble. When she was 20 years old, I believe she believed in that. Whether I would agree with what she believed or not is beside the point. I believed she was part of that hippie generation that was like, hey, you know, the man sucks. My question is, would the 20-year-old Hillary Clinton, if she could meet the 68-year-old Hillary Clinton, would she say, dig you, sister? Or would she say, you've become everything I despise? My guess is the latter. The worst case of a progressive politician is they believe they can enrich themselves and their friends by, quote, making the world a safer place, i.e. warnings on snowblowers do not use on roof. That isn't there because the snowblower company loved its customers. And there was just an epidemic of people that were using the snowblowers on the roof. It's either there, it's either there because they believe that the people that use snowblowers are morons. Or more likely, they know an att- one guy, it happened to one guy, and an attorney used that to sue them. And it almost, they almost lost the company. And they're like, just put the damn label on there. Because somebody was using that to enrich themselves. They hide behind the good feelings and the feel-good policies and programs that mainly enrich themselves or their friends. What exactly is the Clinton Foundation? Let me ask you this. Would you give a charity that wasted 50 cents of every dollar on administrative costs? How about 60 cents on every dollar? You saw that only 35 cents went to a good, went to help the people you were told it was going to help. Only 35 cents on every dollar. Would you do that? Or would you say, "Mm, no, you're corrupt? Because that's what you do every time you pay your income tax. We do it through taxes every year. But by telling people the truth, those programs don't work. You're wasting money. You are actually causing more poverty. And here are all the stats. The progressive stands up and says, my gosh, look at how much they hate children. Look how much they hate women. And you stand alone or you stand with the losers because you're heartless. Now, which politician or which person actually loves people? The one who's standing up and saying the truth? Or the one who's standing up and saying, my gosh, look at how they hate. The one that says, stop wasting money on a scheme that is impoverishing people at the bottom of the scale while making them slaves to a group of people who are only seeking more power. Or the one who is gathering power and usurping the laws. We're upside down. My dad... My dad had one rule in the house, and that is we never lie to each other. You cannot tell a lie in this house. You lie, we have nothing. I remember him saying that a million times. We all know what's happening here, both the Democrats and the Republicans and the press, but we're all lying. 
It's corruption at the highest level. Three years ago, they stripped one of the best generals of our time for much less. And we'd all go to jail if we did what Hillary Clinton. We know that. But we have not become, we're not America. We're Nicaragua now. But the press is making this all about Hillary or the election or the FBI. I mean, we already knew who Hillary was, right? Benghazi, vast white right-wing conspiracy. We know who she is. Have you read the, I think it's the second verse, the second verse and third verse of America the Beautiful? Let me just give you, let me give you the third verse. Oh, beautiful for heroes proved in liberating strife, who more than self their country loved and mercy more than life. May God thy gold refine till all success be nobleness and every gain divine. How many of our gains in our country are divine. How many of our successes that we cheer on are based in nobleness? How many politicians can you name who more than self their country loved and mercy more than life? Do you know anybody? The real question here is not why Hillary Clinton is doing this or why the government is doing this or how this happened. We know. We know. It's human nature to get away with whatever you can get away with, to gather power, to do what you want to do, and then use leverage. It's not about why they're doing it or how many people are involved. Or I love this one. How are they going to get away with it? That one is at least the beginnings of the right question. The real question we should be asking ourselves. And this should be the conversation on talk radio and NPR and on CNN and on Fox News. Why do the American people continue to accept the lies and worse yet, defend the liars and become willing participants in those lies? Why? And if it's not stopped here, what's next? More in a second. Have you bought gold or silver yet? Global developed market bonds yields, the, they crashed to record lows. This happened yesterday. $10 trillion of negative yielding debt worldwide. Uh, many of the experts are saying that this happened yesterday. Did you even know it? Many of the experts are now saying it's starting to feel a lot like 2008. Do you remember when you didn't want to open up your 401k because you didn't want to see how much you lost? It's going to happen again. Americans are amazing. 
We don't do anything until it's, we don't buy a house until everybody's buying a house. And then we say, we got to buy a house and we're at the top of the market. You buy at the low part of the market. You don't think about changing your 401k until you've lost everything. No, now leave it alone, I guess, because there's nothing left. Goldline, the exclusive dealer of the first encapsulated square coin. It is a legal tender unit. This is like a little teeny gold bar. And now we had them make them in the, in the little credit card size thing that I think had five or eight. Now you can buy them as individual units. These are from the Canadian Mint. They're one-tenth of an ounce of gold bullion. They collaborated with the uh, Perth Mint on the design. So I guess it's not Canadian. It is uh, Australian. No, it has the queen on the front. It's a legal tender unit, offers the same benefits as legal tender coins, but with a square shape. It's really actually a cool looking coin. Um, call Goldline today and order this new bullion product. It's one eight six six Goldline. Buy with confidence with Goldline's price guarantee programs. Goldline has helped people own gold for more than half a century. And I will tell you that everything we've talked about, I've told you that we're going to come to a place where there are no good options left. Because we're headed for a cliff and we will have passed all of the exits. I rack my brain for something I could tell you today that how to vote, how to, how to make, how to change the, I don't have any idea. I have absolutely no idea because we have passed all the exits and we're headed for the cliff. Now, the second part of that is the financial cliff. It's coming Please call Goldline now, 866-465-3546. Read their important risk information to find out if buying gold or silver is right for you. 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. At our most basic level, we are all afraid of something. Progressives exploit these fears by offering us solutions based on lies and a hunger for power and control. Get the truth with Liars, a new book by Glenn Beck, available August 2nd. Pre-order now at glennbeck.com slash liars. You're listening. You're listening. To the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. So why does this Hillary Clinton thing matter to the average person? Well, because you are a nation of men and not laws. And that was the difference in America. We were a nation of laws and not men. So, you know, if you knew somebody, if you had a special position, if you had relationships with somebody in the government, you could get away with it. Our our Constitution said that never happens. There are no special rules or special favors. George Washington violates the law. George Washington goes to jail, period. And they meant it. We say it, but we don't mean it. Now, how can I prove that this actually is being done to you already? You just don't know it. Let me give you two cases. We just talked about one, the pharmacist, the pharmacist who the government says you must fill an abortion pill prescription. Even if there's another pharmacist in the building, 
If you're handed that, you can't hand it off to somebody else. You have to fulfill it yourself, even if it's against your religion. If you say, I can't do that because it's, it, it's, it's violating my religious conviction. Even if you are a pharmacist, you're a Christian pharmacist, and you say, look, I, I, this is a Christian pharmacy, and we don't issue those. You don't have that right, even if there's a CVS on the corner. You don't have that right, and the government sued to make sure that you didn't have that right. Why does Hillary Clinton not going to jail or not being prosecuted for something that the FBI said, we're not going to do it to her, but understand if this happened to somebody else, that doesn't mean we're not going to prosecute you. Why does that matter? The pharmacist? Let me give you the flip. The government sued for the Muslim who was hired to drive a beer truck who then didn't want to drive the beer truck. He said, it violates my religion. Well, you're a beer truck driver. The trucking company could not fire him and had to make accommodations because it was against his religion. And the government sued on his behalf and he, the the government got him an an extra $250,000 and special dispensation. So he can work for the beer company, but not drive a beer truck because it violated his religion. Wait a minute. Didn't the government just sue the pharmacist and say they had to do that no matter what it was? This is when you lose liberty. When there is not justice for all and that all men are created equal. When we become a nation of men and not laws. And this is the biggest example of it. And it's wrong. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. America, there is a lot to talk about today. Uh, gosh, it, it, it is also heavy. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about. I guess I want to talk to you a little bit about Independence Day and Independence Week, which we're in, and what it all means, and and how my understanding of it has changed profoundly since the year two thousand to today. We begin there right now. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I want you to think about how much you have changed in the last 20 years. How much have you changed since September 11th? I remember 4th of July, vaguely, vaguely, 4th of July, um, before September 11th, as, as 
just hot dogs and fireworks and barbecues and a chance to get together with friends, maybe go to the beach or whatever. And then September 11th happened and 4th of July took on a whole new meaning. And I can't speak for you or anybody else, but that was a pretty amazing 4th of July. It was an amazing year. And that's what set 4th of July up to be very, very special for my family. When the older kids were young, every year we'd find something special to do. And this is, this is even before, this is right before September 11th. We'd try to find something really special to do. We'd go to see the fireworks in Boston. We'd go to the mall in D.C. The Rocky Steps and the Art Museum in Philadelphia. And every year we would look for something special to do. And it became almost like Christmas with our family. It became a very important holiday. So much so that every 4th of July we'd print up family t-shirts of where we had been and what we were doing for that 4th of July. And it was special. Until one year in Philadelphia, I was really excited because Elton John's one of my favorite performers, and he was the featured performer for the 4th of July Independence Celebration there in Philadelphia. And I didn't realize until, uh, until the fireworks that the city had actually sold the night to a group that made the Independence Celebration into an AIDS awareness event, which explained suddenly why I noticed there weren't any red, white, and blue anything anywhere. And why I hadn't heard a single word spoken about America, about the founding, about the principles that made us independent, about what that city even meant. Until Elton John, right before the fireworks, said... This is the largest AIDS event in world history. Look at how many people here are here to wake each other up about AIDS awareness. And I remember looking at the people at the blanket next to us and went, that's a good cause and everything, but I didn't know that's why we were, I thought we were here for 4th of July. Not a word was spoken. And then the fireworks started. And during the fireworks, we had, I guess, Americana, maybe. We had Born in the Fourth, uh, Born in the USA, which is an anti-American song. And that stupid James Brown song, Living in America, that I can't take another single spin of. And quite honestly, that was the point where I had a turning point. I, I said, I can't, I can't do these. I can't do these big things anymore because they don't make sense. And I began to be disillusioned with what we are and who we are and what we're really all about, what means something to us. We had become a people that was celebrating the 4th of July and not Independence Day. It was the next year, a couple of years after, I was asked to be in the biggest 4th of July parade in the country, and it was in Provo, Utah. It is the Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade for the patriotic crowd. It is amazing. And I was thrilled to be there. And I remember, I, I mean, I was more excited to see the crowd than anybody was to see me in the back of a stupid car. 
But I would, Tanya and I were there, and the kids were in the car, and we had a blast seeing the people who were there all dressed up with the red wagons and everything else, and the kids with the, with the shirts and the flags, and, and it meant something to this town of people. And I felt at home. I was asked to host what's called the Stadium of Fire, which is billed as the largest fireworks show in the nation. It's really cool. It was started by the Osmonds years ago. And I loved it. And one year, uh, I think it was the second year, I had to play Professor Harold Hill at the very beginning. And they thought it would be funny for me to come out and say, there's trouble. There is trouble. Well, what they didn't know is that's one of our family's favorite films, And my daughter was in love. She was probably five at the time and in love with Professor Harold Hill. And so when I came in in Professor Harold Hill's outfit and hat, she went nuts. But as I became more involved in that event, I I saw some of the original partners of the event aging out and some of the younger producers all from Hollywood were starting to see the event more as a concert for big names over the big feelings and even bigger giant ideas and reality was coming home my rose colored or better yet red white and blue colored glasses were beginning to come off i started to really i'm telling you this story because of what happened to me on tuesday i gave up hope on fourth of july i gave it up about two summers ago when i spoke in logan utah I was up on vacation in Idaho and Logan had asked me to come down for their event. And I did I, I thinking that this would be ground zero for America's principles. The local newspaper made a big deal of, of how I shouldn't be there. And some of the town leaders spoke out against me speaking. And I understood part of that. I mean, I'm a divisive figure, et cetera, et cetera, but I wasn't speaking on politics. I was speaking about George Washington and principles and character And I was followed by an amazing patriotic concert that had a full orchestra and choir. And it was amazing, really amazing. But I was told by some members uh, that were singing and playing that the organizers wanted to go in a different direction the next year and maybe bring in some big name concert acts. And I haven't checked to see if they actually did that or not. I just gave up. I just gave up. I told my wife I didn't want to go to 4th of July celebration. She just looked at me and I said, I just don't want to do it. Fireworks and I can't do it. So I spent Tuesday. Or was it Monday? Was Monday the 4th of July? Monday. I spent Monday teaching my kids about the Bill of Rights by living out the Second Amendment. We went shooting. All day we went shooting. And my wife wore me down. She's like, Glenn, this is important for the kids. We're going to go watch the fireworks. So we went to a town called Lewiston, Utah. It's right across the border in Idaho. About 800 people live there, if that. Tanya insisted, and I'm glad she did. It's... In a simple part of, I mean, it's, it's, it's Main Street. It's right in the center of town. There's this little, like, it's baseball diamond. It's a town's green space. It's right next to the firehouse. 
and there is a flag that's not part of the firehouse. It, it's actually on somebody's lawn. There's this cute little house on the corner, and it's got a flag there that we walked past. And at the base of the flagpole, it had a stone that said, once freedom is lost, it's lost forever. I know that to be a quote from John Adams, but I didn't have to know that because it said, dash, John Adams. And what was remarkable about this flagpole and that stone is it wasn't old. It's, it looks to be maybe five years old. Somebody in the last five years found that important. I took the lawn chair out and we sat in the very back. Tried to kind of sneak in at the right before it happened and just kind of be with the family. And my daughter spotted a dog and thought it was cute. And it was on the other side of this fence. And before long, I heard my name. And my daughter had explained where we were from and where we live and why we were up in that area. And the guy looked at all of a sudden realized, Oh my gosh, this must be Glenn Beck's daughter. And he looked up and he looks right at me and says, Glenn Beck. So I got up and I said, hello, his name is Brandon Rogers. And he lives in that house. And I met him and those who live there and his home backed up to the park. And we stood there for a while talking over the fence. What a patriot he is and his wife. They're maybe in their 20s, early 30s. He told me that they had married and in 2013, she had moved away from her family home in India to come to America. He shared his fears of what might be coming our way due to our loss of common sense and the sense of right and wrong and integrity. He said, we really have passed all the exits and the bridge is out just ahead, isn't it? And I said, yeah. His beautiful wife spoke for a minute. Her humility and kindness was remarkable. She said, we're trying to buy this house. We had to save up for the house. And she said, you know, we don't have a lot of money. We're really quite broke, as you know, when you buy your first house. As we begin our life together as a family, trying to buy our house, tough to do. Tough to do anything else beside that. But she started to speak and tears started to form in her eyes. And she said, we fought so hard in this last political campaign. She said, we just knew we had to do all we could to save this nation. She said, but people don't see the difference between a lie and a truth anymore. And this Indian woman, with her voice cracking, told me about the love of this country and how she sees us as a country of miracles and blessings and miracles and blessings that nobody here seems to even notice. I didn't say much after that. I think we all knew the fundamental transformation is complete. And perhaps, perhaps God will save us in his mercy from ourselves. 
It was a simple night made up of real people. The kids were playing with kids just running around. We watched them as kids have no fear of making new friends when they're young enough. Just joining in on other people's games. People who restored my faith in the gathering we call the 4th of July fireworks. And to think, it was all done without celebrity singers or high ticket prices. Or even a soundtrack. They didn't have a sound system there, so we watched it. In silence, which I thought was much better than hearing Born in the USA one more damn time. I wanted to thank Lewiston today. A little town that most of America will never see. But I saw. Thank you, Lewiston, for changing my view of the holiday that has changed over the last 15 years. I used to cry at the fireworks out of uber-patriotism. Then I cried over hope and belief that there was enough of us to pull our country back from the brink. Then I cried at the loss of my country and feared for the future of my children. And then I saw the emptiness of it all. Empty words, music, and rituals. But this year, on 4th of July... I saw perhaps a better America. One where our eyes are still wide open, where we recognize the trouble we're in, and even more, the trouble we're still headed for. And yet we remain committed to our principles. We come together. We tell each other the hard truth without guile, blame, or anger. And we need meet the new Americans who see us for who we really can be, not who we've allowed ourselves to become. The real 4th of July doesn't happen in stadium shows. The real spirit of independence can happen again today, and most likely it is happening. Because there's something really right and true There's something just special that happens when Americans simply talk to one another over the backyard fence in our small towns. Now this. There's trouble. Oh, there is trouble coming. And that starts with T and rhymes with P and that stands for pool. But that's not the trouble that's coming. What's tr what the trouble is coming and you know it, is the dollar. Everything is about to change. I was reading a book called Ready Player One. If you want to understand what the future can be like, good and bad, read the novel Ready Player One. been reading it with my kids, and they love it. You'll love it just reading it by yourself. But you'll see how different the world could be by 2030. And I, most of that book, I'm like, yep, that could happen. Yep, that could happen. Most people look at that as a sci-fi book. I look at that as a pretty good indication of where we could go. Because everything's about to change. And that means the monetary system. That means everything. Everything that you believe in today. I said this before. 
Everything you trust today, you won't be able to trust tomorrow. Everything liquid will be solid. Everything solid will be liquid. Well, there's very few things that are left that you can count on. And one of them is that the dollar is the dollar. I'm telling you that's going away. Call Goldline now. They had a crash, bond yields, a crash to record lows yesterday. Almost $10 trillion of negative yielding debt yesterday worldwide. And the money managers are saying it's beginning to feel like 2008. Don't wait until it's too late. Please call Goldline and order their new bullion product. It's a legal tender unit. Call them and ask them about it. It's made by the Perth Mint. It's a, it's a, basically a quarter, I think it's a quarter of an ounce or one-tenth of an ounce gold bullion coin, but it's square and it is, it's, it's bullion. Only available from the Perth Mint through Goldline. 1-866-GOLDLINE. 1-866-GOLDLINE. Buy with confidence with Goldline's price guarantee program. Goldline has helped people own gold for more than a half a century. Goldline. Now they're, they're legal tender unit. Ask them about it. Call them right now. 866-GOLDLINE. 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Glenn Beck. Want to see Glenn live? If you're coming to Texas, you can. Join us at Mercury Studios in Dallas for a taping of Glenn's television show. To reserve your seat, email tickets at glennbeck.com with your information. That's tickets at glennbeck.com. Mercury. Seven two seven back. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Wow! Welcome to the program. So glad that you're here. Uh, I think Doc and Skipper is sitting in for uh, Pat and Stu today um, on the Pat and Stu show. So a huge improvement, a hundred percent improvement. Playing the roles of Pat and Stu will be Doc and Skip, uh, and uh, they may stop by here in just a few minutes. Uh, also, you know, the one thing we haven't talked about is the, um, the Alton Sterling's, uh, shooting, which is just disturbing, just absolutely disturbing. There's some information on him that, um, is not, um, available, but it doesn't change anything about the shooting. I, I've watch this now from what two or three different angles and I, I don't understand what they did why they were anyway blessings of peace we pray for back in just a second you're listening to the Glenn Beck program Mercury There are three books 
that uh, I want to publish before I die. Uh, one of them is uh, my time in the media, no holds barred on exactly what I know and my time around politics and all of it. Uh, I'm going to print that. I'm going to print that book up. I've written some of it and uh, and already have it in a safe with an attorney. So anyway, um, that one last. Yeah, yeah, uh, that is going to come last. <laughs> Doc and Skipper here with me. The uh, the second book that I want to uh, uh, that I want to publish uh, is a is a history book of maybe the last hundred years, hundred fifty years uh, of what really happened. The things that just opened my eyes that that nobody knows about. That nobody knows about. Um, because history is written by the progressives, and they whitewash an awful lot. Just think of the last 20 years and what will be written and what you have witnessed yourself and the truth that you know that you will be lost for your kids. And the third one, I've said this for a while, is I, I want to write a book of progressivism and the history of progressivism. But as we started to write this about a year and a half ago, um, I realized... Uh, there's other books that are out there about progressivism. What nobody tackles is the why and how, how it works for us. I know how it works for them, but why do we continue to buy into the lies over and over and over and over again? Hillary Clinton, if she becomes president, it'll be the longest progressive era in American history. And it's enough just to shut us down uh, and shut our freedoms down. Um, Progressivism is a disease that is killing our country. How does it work? It's all based on fear and lies. And the lies that we gladly tell ourselves because of what we're afraid of. The book is called Liars. It goes on sale August 2nd. You can pre-order yours today by going to glenbeck.com slash liars. Glenbeck.com slash liars. Also, while you're on that page, you'll notice that there's a box that you can click uh, that says uh, Liars or Liberty. Um, this is the name of the museum event that we're going to do here in the Mercury Studios this summer. We try to do an event with the, uh, with the Mercury Museum. Uh, and so we open up our studio doors for three days and it becomes kind of like Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory with literally anywhere from 30 to $55 million worth of rare antiquities uh, that you will be able to see. This year, the, um, the theme is uh, Liberty or Liars, and you will see the great points in Liberty and also the, great, the dark points of progressivism uh, and the, uh, the lies that we're, we're told. Um, we'll tell you more about that, but if you want to go see it, there are Prices from anybody who just can just wants to get in the door with their kids to somebody who wants to have you know a big elaborate production weekend if you want to go in and uh, do the VIP treatment but do that now at glenbeck.com liars the museum event is August fifth through the seventh here at the Mercury Studios in Dallas Texas August fifth through seventh come and join us for the Mercury Museum uh, and. Um, glennbeck.com slash liars is where you can find out all the information. Will we be invited to that? No. We're going to be scalping tickets, so if you want to contact us, it's Matt <laughs> Dockrum, Sean, at Skip Lacombe. You get them for half price, don't worry. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's really great. How are you guys? Great. Doing well. You Good. You're filling in for Pat and Stu today. Well, they said uh, Beck is tanking without Pat and Stu, so please right. rush in there and try to <laughs> right. salvage today. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, we'll I know. For them. No, I mean their show. Yeah, yeah. No, they said come in early, though, because he... 
Really? Is that, what, is that what they said? That's what these, the bosses the the said. They yeah. said, dude, right. it's crazy. I don't think we were supposed to mention that. Though. Oh, I'm sorry. They oh. said you're doing great. They yeah. wanted us to learn from you. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, what do you think is happening with the, um, uh, with the, with the shootings? Oh, the Alton Sterling and that's one of them. I mean, let's let's start let's start there. I've watched that. I think three different angles, maybe just two, but three different angles. And when I read about it, I'm like, that can't be. It's got to be. It can't be. I cannot find a way to where. And I I'm one, and I know you guys are too. I give the cops all kinds of leeway. I'm not the. I'm I'm not there. You know what I mean? I'm not the one with my adrenaline pumping. Right. And I expect you to be, you know, in control of yourself as a police officer. That's why you go through training. But I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. It's your life on the line, not mine. And I'm not going to Monday morning quarterback. However, I can't see a way that this wasn't just point blank execution. Murder. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's, it's horrifying. And you, you hear the details, too. Apparently, it was a homeless man that called 911 to a report uh, that apparently he he showed him the gun. He somehow saw the gun. Um, so p- police were already under the assumption that they were going to show up somewhere with a gun. But even with all of that, uh, he was pinned down. His arm was pinned by one of the officer's legs. Um, and even if his d- hand did make a kind of motion, there had to have been a simpler, easier solution. Than you guys know who he was? And I don't, see, I don't know if this is true. I read this on um, 180report.com today. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, Did you see this? Where, where, his, his history? His, his history? Story. Yeah, his history is pretty or, dicey. That's I mean, what he was. Heard. He's a child molester, um, sex offender. Child yeah, registered. Yeah. He didn't register. He shouldn't have had a gun because of because of that. Um, he's also assault and battery in his recent history. So, and, and I don't believe uh, there are they an open carry state. I don't know if Louisiana is or not. Sure. Yeah, I don't think they are, but uh, maybe I'm wrong on that. So there's lots of things that make it dicey. But again, I can't think yeah. of a reason. And Skip and I have gone back and forth. We try to look at each one of these as they come out and say, you know, is it warranted? Was it warranted? Right. As opposed to just, okay, one side or the other. This one I can't... Knowing, I mean, we, we're not police officers. We haven't gone through their training. But having said that, in the Mike Brown case, would you have reacted as the officer did? I like yes. you would have. Yeah. Yes, I would have. In this case, would you have reacted as no, the officer I don't think I would have. I don't think I, I don't. I must not have all the information because right. I want to believe the best of the cops. But boy, looking at the video... I think these guys are in trouble. Part of the problem is, I mean, we've got these, these long history of biases. And, and I don't think this was racism, even if the cop acted wrongly. I, I don't think there's any of that stuff. I mean, there could be minor biases based on race. We know the black community, in some cases, understandably, have this hatred or fear or whatever it is of, of police. I get that. I understand the police in certain communities have issues, you know, relating to people. But that's what this really comes down to. Instead of taking it all, I saw guys at the, at the press conference and protesting that were wearing Trayvon Martin shirts. That's nothing to do with this case. This is one case. Here's what the guy did. Here's how the police officers reacted. As soon as we add it to those other ones, we end up with all of this garbage. You have to take a look well, at they, 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 Yes. However, I would think that if I were um, an African-American, I would say... You don't have the history with the police that we do. True. I remember when I moved to Louisville, Kentucky. This is in the 80s. And I remember seeing on one of the first nights I was there on the local news that two police officers were busted because they had their Klan outfits in the back of their uh, – the trunk of their cruiser. 
is that wrong? Should they not have done that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and I thought to myself, well, geez, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I grew up in Seattle. We didn't have the Klan, or at least the Klan that I knew of. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I move out there, and I'm like, well, geez, if I, I remember thinking, if I had a police officer knock on my door tonight after watching that, and I were black, would I open the door? Would I tell my kids you right. can trust the police? I mean, so I don't, I don't know if you can separate them. I mean, you're, you're right, yeah. You have to in the court of law, right? but I don't know if you can if you're in the black community. But doesn't it muddy the water, though? I mean, yes. Mike Brown is thrown into this. I mean, and, and I want yes. people to, to judge me as an individual, and I want you to know that I'm looking at each of these cases. I'm not automatically siding up in a camp. You know, I, I, this officer was wrong. Skip and I took some heat from some people this yeah, morning. We, we talked uh, about it on the air. Yeah, people were unhappy with our take, saying that we don't have all the information. And we, and we admit it, we don't. too. We don't have all the information Not, right at now. At this point. Based off of what we see, it appears that the, something went wrong there. The police likely made a mistake. I mean, Freddie, Freddie Gray. Based only, because I agree with you, but based only on the information that I have seen. Yes, yeah, so far. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And this guy was a bad guy. Right. Yada, yada, yada. But. Based on the videos that I've seen, I don't understand it. But I haven't heard from the cops. Well, I don't know what the cops say. One of the things that people keep bringing up, and this is true, and it's almost funny. It's so silly. In most of these cases, not that it was justifiable if the police were wrong. It still shouldn't have happened. But if you weren't resisting arrest, it would have never got to this point as well. I'm just saying be smart. We we had a couple of... uh, of listeners that happen to be black that tweeted, it's like, stop resisting arrest. I'm, I'm telling you, you know, live uh, another day to another fight. video, and I don't know, don't know where this one was from. Just watched another video of something else that happened this week mm-hmm. where the woman is in the car oh. and, and her boyfriend is shot. Minnesota. Okay. I mean... Again, that's a, that's a horrifying case. Again, based off the limited information we have, we don't know what happened. Uh, see, I, uh, on that one, if, you know... Based on limited information, what she is saying happened, if that's what happened, and we don't know because it's not on tape, if that's what happened, well, then it looks bad. But I will tell you this. In this one, the police officer is standing there still with a gun while she's on the phone, you know, talking and recording all of it. And you see, you listen to her, and she's perfectly calm. Have you noticed that? Yeah. She's perfectly calm. And she's like, I hope that, I hope my boyfriend's okay. He doesn't look okay. He looks dead. Yeah. And she's perfectly calm, and she's like, this is what happens with black people, et cetera, et cetera. And you can hear the cop. He is wildly jacked on adrenaline and freaking out. Yeah. So, you know, it, there, there's something. Well, and that, that was my take. I had heard the audio, but I haven't seen the video because we played a little bit of it this morning. And that was kind of my take on it as well. But one of the issues that this one's coming down to now is the concealed carry, that the guy was a concealed carry and said he was going to give him his license or whatever, and that's when the cop you know, freaked out about it. So there's a little gray area with that part. Uh, the, the most horrifying part of that video is that there's a child there, too, a four-year-old child that was no. there. And, I mean, as, as, as this woman car. is crying, um, as this woman is crying, too, her daughter is trying to console her. It's okay, Mommy, I'm here. Uh, horrifying. Not good. Well, you guys have been uplifting. Thanks for... <laughs> Who let us down that road? I mean, Who took holy, us there? I just wanted to ask you what your opinion was. And, I mean, you could have gone someplace happy. Uh, who's playing Jeffy here? I guess I will. Okay, and now this. Hello, Glenn. I'm Jeffy. <laughs> American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. I want to talk to you about American Financing. Um, and when I 
choose to talk about a sponsor, I choose them. And um, I just don't represent anybody. I, I choose them. In American financing, I knew before the crash. And I didn't want to bring them on because I don't believe in any of these mortgage people that were. And they tried to explain to me, no, we're different. After the crash, they called up and said, we didn't have any problems. We told you we were different. They really are. You actually used them. I did. I used them when I bought my house in Arkansas. They were fantastic. They treated me great. They're salary-based. They specialize in finding solutions for you, not counting the commission. And that is what saved their clients in 2008 is they weren't trying to get everybody into a deal with, a, you know, hey, get a 110% loan. They did what was right for the client. Um, and that turns out to be right for them as well. If saving 500 to $1,000 a month sounds good to you, refinance right now. If you're looking for a new home, these are the people to go. American Financing will find the right mortgage and they'll make the process painless. 10 minutes to qualify, 10 days to close. Go to AmericanFinancing.net. That's AmericanFinancing.net or call 866-750-6551. 866-750-6551. America's home for home loans. AmericanFinancing.net. Glenn Beck Program. 888-727-BECK. Mercury. Glenn Beck program. We're with Doc and uh, Skip. Let me uh, let me cover a couple of things. First of all, um, Hillary Clinton and the email. The way I understand it, Glenn, if I leak some uh, company information around here, I get to be president, right? That's how it is. President of the company. Oh, the company, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. Good. Now that doesn't mean if if Skip, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you happen to leak some information, yeah. that doesn't mean that <laughs> you won't be well, what, sued. That's inconsistent, though, Glenn. Uh, Why is that? It just, uh, it just is. Uh, Doc is different than you. That's how it is. Moving forward, that's not to say the same thing would happen again. Right. It's, it's, Glenn, it's Glenn Comey over here. Yeah, that's right. And isn't that amazing? Because yeah. that's really, that's, that is what he said. Literally, there's no other way to take it. He was warning other people. By the way, don't think you're going to get away with it. How do you even well, how does she? Yeah, how do you even tag that on the end of it? I don't know. Okay, just because we're making a bad decision here doesn't because mean they, we'll continue to. Because they know. I mean, I have to talk to Brad Thor. I hope uh, Brad on tomorrow because Brad said to me, I said, this isn't going to go anywhere. And he said, oh, yeah, it is. He said, I, I know the head of the FBI. He said, he's, he's no nonsense. He'll, he'll take this on. And he said, and I know people in the FBI who know about this case. And he said, they got her dead to rights. Well, what happened? Yeah, and go down the list, okay? Uh, Bill Clinton on the plane with Loretta Lynch. Then the next day after this or two days later, okay, yeah, we're not going to go ahead and uh, prosecute her. Have a good day. Just and then, on appearance. Yeah. And then, and then Comey is testifying the next day anyway. So he announces that before the testimony. This is all too neat to make it go away. I don't know what happened, who got to whom, but this is not right. The fix is in. Who got to whom? It's the Clintons. Well, yeah, I'm just saying exactly. Nothing ever happens. (laughs) Their ability to weather the storm politically is unbelievable. I I can't think of any other example in America, but in any politics, who could just weather the storm. I bet they didn't lose any sleep on this. Mm Mm-hmm. I really, I mean, if it were us, we would, we would know we are most likely facing prison time. And at that extent, maybe life in prison. 
I, it, 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 we would lose a lot of sleep. I bet you she didn't have a worry in the world. Even, even if her intent was, was completely uh, innocent, it doesn't matter. Ignorance of the law is no excuse. Excuse me. I'm, I'm sorry, officer. I, I, I wasn't paying attention. I, I had no intent of breaking the law. I, didn't, I just didn't look down and realize I was going 70 miles an hour. Oh, Oh, sorry. Oh, well, that's okay. You didn't mean to speed. Okay, then that's right. fine. That doesn't doesn't ha- that doesn't happen. Do you realize the Clintons that they they have learned all the way back to when Bill was president that all you have to do is just weather the storm as long as you stay in there. So let me ask you this: Why did Donald Trump not make hay last night with this? He was talking about everything other than this. He didn't even make. I mean, if you're a supporter of Donald Trump, you'd have to go, dude. Um, knockout blow right here. And he didn't even mention it last night. Glenn, Glenn, I hate to correct you on this, but he did call her a mosquito. I don't know if, did you see the mosquito? No, I... A mosquito. Oh, a mosquito flew up. He's like, I don't like mosquitoes. He says it in this weird sing-songy voice. Dick for like 30 seconds. I hate mosquitoes. I always did. Mosquitoes, bad. It's crazy. And then he called Hillary a mosquito. Wow. <laughs> I mean, as a supporter, you yeah. would have to say, John... Are you trying to lose? What What are you... And that is what I think is going on. I think he's trying to lose. You could talk me into that car. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.